Beginning the track, a 52-episode introduction to Star Trek. I feel so fakey when I do the when I do the the ten sentence because it's like I know I'm just reading it. Right, and I'm gonna I'm gonna have to do that. And I tried to spend some time with this ten sentences for Extreme Risk to kind of do it some justice because obviously I felt a lot for this episode. Yeah. We we both did. Yes. We both. In in fact, let me welcome everybody to to beginning the trek. My name is Andy Goldberg. I am the trek veteran, and I am the newbie. But this week, I got to, Jessica Ray. That's my name. I know these things. Um, uh, and this week, we got kind of serious. So actually, if you want to, uh, I, this is just kind of a warning. I mean, we don't do stuff that's meant for kids. That's not what this podcast is for. But this one especially hits on some topics that unless you really want to discuss them with your kids, I'd probably just skip it until you're ready to tackle some of these bigger issues about depression and stuff. We talk about some pretty adult themes. Uh, both Jessica and I get a little bit raw and real with uh, some stuff that, that came up while we were watching this episode and uh, we are going to leave it all in there so that you guys can be a part of it because a big part of Star Trek is how it touches human beings and what the experience is. So this was a part of our track, but we want to warn you, uh, you might want to watch it or listen to our episode first before letting the kids listen. I think that covers it. They, they got it. Boy, what a way to start. Right. Hi, everybody, for the first time. Don't start with this one. <laughs> Go back to number one, yes. where we have a whole different perspective on uh, things, and we had really bad sound effects. Our first episode was just, I was still learning to edit. We were learning. <laughs> but if you bear with us. The content is still good, and boy, you just you got to start with the Corbomite Maneuver, because it lays the foundation. So if this is your first time with us, we urge you to go back to the, to the beginning and start your trek there, just like Jessica is doing. But for those of you that are joining us for your 44th time. Wow. Yeah. Today we are doing Voyager's Extreme Risk. Uh, Yeah. And if you haven't seen it, uh, go back and watch it because it may not be a favorite, but we definitely don't talk about the A plot all that much. (laughs) No. So if you want to actually get the story part, mostly what we talk about is Bilana because that was the point of the story. In my very humble opinion. <laughs> yeah, like, like we both said, there are some adult themes to this particular episode, and we just want to uh, put that warning out. We, we, I don't know what to say. I mean, this is weird. Wait, it is weird. It shouldn't be so weird to talk about some of this stuff, but it's uncomfortable. Like you said over and over again, if this helps anyone, then this was worth it. So that's why we left it the way it was. We hope you enjoy it. We're going to do a 10. You're going to do your 10 sentence synopsis. I am. Are you ready? Uh, have I have I brought it down enough? For you? <laughs> right. No, we, al- along with that, the entire point of Star Trek is, and I got it with this because this one hit me so hard, is not all of them might be your story, but if this story helps you. And I really do think that that's why Star Trek ends up kind of all over the place with people loving really severely different things about it. It's like it was a story that spoke to you. And there's, it's it's such a wide arena of stories and this one happened to speak to me. But that's Star Trek. If this story helps you, if this story speaks to you, then Star Trek. <laughs> so, Jessica, will you please remind us the story of Extreme Risk? So there's a really, really important probe that somehow needs to be saved from some trashy bad guys, and Janeway orders it into the not-so-safe hiding in a gas planet. Not-so-safe meaning that this planet is super hazardous, so Thomas Eugene Paris has decided to invent a whole new shuttle, 
the Delta Flyer that can handle it, and the crew gets to work. Well, all of the crew except for Belona Torres, who has been distracted and distant and secretly using the holodeck simulations without safety protocols. Another trash ship shows up and says they're going to get this all-important probe before Voyager does, and now we've got a bit of a space race going on. Torres runs a shuttle simulation in the holodeck to check for flaws and is knocked unconscious because, again, safety protocols. When she's taken to sickbay, the doctor finds old wounds that went untreated, and Chakotay uses an extreme tactic to try and get her to open up. Not recommended, by the way. Bilana does admit that ever since the message from Starfleet saying that their Maquis friends had been slaughtered, she's been trying to express anything aside from numbness, and if that's pain, well... Suddenly, Voyager is attacked by the trash guys, and we're forced to launch the Delta Flyer ahead of schedule. Torres knows the risks and persuades Chakotay to let her accompany the away team, and it's a good thing because Delta Flyer has a hull breach, and it gives Torres the opportunity to save the day with a phaser that makes a containment field. And although things will never be perfect, and if Chakotay ever pulls a stunt like that again, he's going to get hurt, we do end by seeing Bilana at least able to take a moment and enjoy some banana pancakes. Aww. Yeah. Yeah, a phaser that makes a containment field. Sure, why not? Because she can do the impossible. You're just upset that you didn't think of it yourself. Well, you're the captain. That's kind of crazy. I am the captain. You are the captain. All right. So I want to ask you something specifically, because I know we're going to talk story, but when I picked this one, it wasn't for you. It was totally for me because this one hit me. This is my story hmm. of all of the Star Trek stories that I've watched. Some of them have been intellectually interesting. Some of them have been ridiculous. Some of them have just been like, what the heck is going on? I love this. Some of them have been just awful. What the heck is going on? But I want to know if this one just hits me because of the story and it hits me, or if this one is kind of universal. Did this hit you when you watched it? This hit me much harder than I would have expected. And it hit me harder than it hit me when I watched it as part of my preparation for what I was going to recommend to you. When I watched it the first time, it was, oh, this is the one where we build the Delta Flyer. She has her, her, her depression, so there's some good character stuff there. But I didn't really, like, I, I was not as engaged. And, of course, being the one to have to tweet my first time, mm -hmm. which gave me all kinds of challenges. We'll talk about that later. I really, I mean, I, I made sure that I was alone. I made sure that, you know, the setting was very, not, there were no distractions. And I really sat down and Belana Torres and, and uh, Roxanne Dawson, she's the level of how she portrayed her depression brought me back to parts of my life where I know I was, even though it was never diagnosed, I know I was going through some depression in my life. I've had, mm -hmm. I've had some difficult circumstances which got the better of me over the last several years. It started with, um, a divorce. Uh, and uh, by the way, I am, uh, things are great with me right now. I should start with that. Okay. okay. Wow. I'm just diving right into the, to the, I... to the feels of all this. Uh, there's a, there's a really cute little story 
that goes along with the episode. The there Delta, is. There's a whole, like, thing. The right. Delta Flyer and the Space Race, and there's some fun stuff there. And there's something with a probe. I don't remember. The probe. Oh, my God. The probe that I t- I've watched this episode so many times, I still do not know what the probe was for. It was very important. That's what it was for. We needed it back. So bad. The Melons really wanted it. So bad. Um, yeah. <laughs> So this is me uh, also de- deflecting. I know your question. I could feel it. So uh, yeah, this hit me. This hit me much harder than I would have expected. I did go through some depression. There was a divorce. Uh, I had a heart attack um, just about a year and a half ago. You know that. Uh, no, I don't think our 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 folks know that. Wow, I just shared that, didn't I? It's okay. Um, I'm great. These are the things. Let me just tell you, I'm doing great. Uh, There's no... There's no ill effects. In fact, I am am stronger now than I was. And I I got a ton out of watching Bellana go through her depression and watching Mm -hmm. Roxanne Dawson bring a, a level of authenticity to it that made me weep. And made me a little scared to be like in the presence of, because I knew those feelings. She looked punch drunk mm-hmm. in this episode through most of it until the end, you know, where they, they, they start to see her come out of it. And I want to talk about like all of that too. Did I answer your question? I think I did. Yes. This, this ended up being, yes. this ended up being a far more personal, this really a, did a hit far you. more personal journey for me than I expected. So because you're the captain, I assume I had to give a rating, right? Yes. I was going to ask you about yeah. that. So, so, um, I, I, I like the story of the Delta flyer. I think it's fun. I think there's some cute moments. It's not a great story. The Melon are incredibly forgettable. Yeah, they are. Oh, they're like trash bombers. I didn't get it. I was like, what's happening? Yeah, in, in night we meet. So in, in that first episode of, of the season, um, following wherever it is night, which is just a couple episodes ago, we meet the Melon and they are basically just dumping trash. And, uh, we have to deal with that and they're back. And I think they have one more episode maybe. And that's it. Good. Because they were dumb. They were dumb, and they're they're forgettable, yeah. uh, to the point where I kind of forgot that they were a thing, yeah. until I really sat down and said, "Do these guys show up anymore?" And realized that they were in three episodes, and I didn't know about <laughs> either of them. And yeah, so, yeah. Um, so for that, it it loses one starry thing on my scale. Uh, so I'm going to give this episode because it hit me so powerfully it started out as a three out of five and I'm, i upped it to four out of five because of how it made me how how much it affected me mm-hmm. um so four out of five balana torres flight suits those cool tile covered skydiving suits that she's uh-huh. that she okay. was wearing when she's skydiving in the opening the the halo jump mm-hmm. uh, where she could get thermalized it was like covered in these blue tiles I thought it looked really cool so um, nice. yeah, so so uh, four out of five Bolana Torres halo jump suits and I think you're right because uh, the truth is Dreadnought was technically better when I watched it I was like oh this is great I don't know how the other two are really going to beat this and then when I got to I was like 
just because me, who I am, this beats it 100%. And I had to. And I was nervous because of the subject matter and my own personal experiences. And I asked people, I was just like, should I just avoid this entirely? This is, we're never going to have like a most giant following. You know, this isn't going to become a, a, a huge thing, but it's very public. And talking about depression and self-harm and all of this stuff that Bolana shows is extremely difficult. And it's just personal. If you know me, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very private. Uh, and I can joke about that, but there's, it's not fun. This isn't a fun episode to watch. It's not fun to watch Bolana doing all of this stuff. It's painful. It is. It was, it was, it was extraordinarily difficult to have to go back and rewatch over and over again a couple of times so that I could get my notes Yeah. because every time she went through these moments. I mean, there was there was just no emotion, except when she was fighting the Cardassians when she was, and that was just anger. Right. Uh, it was the only time I think that I saw much emotion. The the scene with Neelix where she goes in, and and uh, folks, if you stick with this long enough, I promise I got stuff to say about the Delta Flyer that's going to be fun. Why don't we go ahead and let's do that. Let's just do let's, that. <laughs> let's, like, and then we'll get to it. So, so uh, can we please talk about the... You're very excited about the Delta Flyer. I love some of the fun of this episode. The, first of all, the holodeck, where she's on the holodeck at the very beginning, and the mm-hmm. and she's doing that halo jump. When she says end program, how cool is that, that it just sort of like slows her down and then stops mm-hmm. her, and then she floats down to the and steps down? I don't know quite how they did that. They probably could have done it a variety of ways, but... I loved that. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, you know you love something when you're like, I don't care how they did it. That was fun to watch. Right? Yeah, there you go. Um, so um, the probe. Oh, yeah. We talked about this very important all probe. Important. The <laughs> crucial that we recover it at all costs and not let anyone else have it probe. What does it do again? That was my question. What the heck is it for? It because has data watched- something. <laughs> I, 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 I understand why we didn't want the Malon to have it because it had that technology that we didn't want them to have because they could do something with it. But if we're leaving probes around, how do we not expect that people are going to be scooping them up eventually if, you know, I mean, it's it's like... <laughs> I got nothing. They can't see me, but I'm shrugging. I'm like, I don't know, because sci-fi. Well, I, you know, it, it's, it's kind of the, the equivalent of what if somebody took like an iPhone and put it on a tripod and stuck it in the middle of an intersection and then just left it there taking pictures and stuff? Someone eventually is mm-hmm. going to walk around and pick it up and take it. And then you, you're going to go back and say, hey, it's like, well, you left it. You're hours away. What are you doing? Just leaving it there. What were we thinking? Why do we care about that pro? <laughs> That's a good analogy. <laughs> Well, maybe maybe if it's more like like it's on a mountaintop and they're trying to get data about like birds or something, I don't know, is a little bit better than in the middle because they didn't. I'm guessing they don't. They're not leaving these probes like in the middle of civilizations. All, all I can guess is maybe there was something in a previous episode about that we're going to be launching probes or doing something, so it's already a thing. But I I don't. I have no clue. I have no. I've watched this episode multiple times this week. I have zero idea what that probe is supposed to be for, but it's important. It's very important. So we go and get it. Not just to destroy it. it. Under extreme, no. We have to go get it. We might die getting it. That's That's true, too. 
we're going to risk three people's lives on the possibility of this, this or four people, right? Four, yeah, because she, because Belana finally gets like, you're going to need me, and boy, do they need yeah. her to to make a phaser into a force field, because that's totally a that's thing a, now. That's a very <laughs> cool teching the tech. That's why engineers are awesome," said the previous engineer, the former engineer. <laughs> sure. No, I have a. When it ties back to her depression, actually, it's really interesting because she, she's brilliant, and they ask her to be brilliant over and over and over throughout the entire series. Yeah, and she is. I don't know if she sees it. I don't know how much she acknowledges it in herself. But she's invented. By the time they get back to Earth, she needs to be given the Engineer of the Universe Award. Because she has done everything. The impossible. They asked her to do beyond impossible. She took a phaser. and did, Was it a little MacGyver? It was incredibly MacGyvery, right? And, and she took what, what kind of looked like a cafeteria tray and turned it into a makeshift patch for a hull breach. To give her the time to... To set up the other thing. Yeah. Obviously, the story was set up for her to be heroic in that right. moment so that she could have that. But but she had started to slip out of it when she made the request of Takote. So now we're back into that. You just can't, you can't avoid well, the, the Belana of thing. Which, which is the can't. A story and which is the B story? Uh, they talked more about the Delta Flyer, about the, the, the space race against the Malon and going and getting that probe, that stuck probe. But... The meat of this entire episode exists in Bolana and dealing with her, her every family she's ever had has basically been killed, is gone mm -hmm. over and over and over again. And then finding out that the Maquis. Right. Her grief. Exactly. I was going to say, even when things are good and they, they do, they point this out. It's a very interesting thing and it's a very kind of real life thing of just her relationship with Paris and he's like this is everything you've ever dreamed of you get to like you get to be with me eh. um but we get to be doing this together as as a yeah. thing as an engineer as somebody who's so good at this and I'm good at what I do and we finally get to just go nuts and her complete apathy because it doesn't matter how good things are it, it felt to me very familiar that I don't want to do anything. I'll do what is required of me, but there's just very little motivation to do much more. It just feels like, for me, it felt like, what is the point? And... Mm -hmm. All right, so I'm going to get kind of real. So beginning the track, this show was an instrumental component in my breaking my, my depression. I didn't know it at the time. I was still in a, a state of depression almost a year ago when we were, when we were, I, you know, I, I, I'd had the heart attack six months earlier and I was coming out of it and starting to make some, take some actions in life. I was finally starting to take some actions. It wasn't an epiphany. I didn't, am I making any damn sense at all? Yes. It wasn't an epiphany for me. I was so defiant about having had a heart attack that I stopped off from the hospital on my way home the day after my heart attack. I was only in the hospital overnight. I mean, it was, this was a blip on my radar in a lot of ways, and yet a major blip. It could have killed me. Um, but I was so defiant, I stopped off at In-N-Out Burger. 
and got myself a double-double because I refused to believe the truth that was right in front of me, which was that I had brought my body to a point where I'd allowed it to break down to the point where it could have killed me. So it was, I had no epiphany. I had no come out of it moment. I just finally decided at some point over the next couple of months, it was time to start taking action. Somebody, a very dear friend of mine gave me one of those, one of those wristwatches that, that, you know, a sports watch. So Mm -hmm. I was able to count steps and it tells me every day my activity and damn it if I didn't do that. And I even after it, I swear I played some Pokemon Go because (laughs) it got my butt out walking. Yeah. And what I noticed was over over I guess that that 6 to 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 you know 8 9 month period after the heart attack things just slowly kind of got rolling. Mm-hmm. When I watched Balana sort of just say I've got to start I got to do something and and go to Chicote and say please you got to let me do this. It was I I had this feeling of I've got to do something. I've got to it, like enough mm-hmm. enough and it, so that moment there oh man that moment there really resonated with me that moment there where it was such a I need somebody out in the world to know that I want to be back beginning the track was one of the things that brought me back Jessica I want you to know that well this isn't what I thought this was going to be Ha! <laughs> and that's okay. I want you to know that beginning the trek is one of the things that had me snap out of my depression. Almost, it's been like a year. I mean, my goodness, we're into we're into August. You know, here it is. August August first is is the day this comes out, right? Mm-hmm. We were putting promos out in August last year. We'd actually yep. recorded stuff <laughs> over a year ago. <laughs> We're, yeah, we're trying to. We're I trying get to. it. I totally get that moment. That's that moment right there where she's telling Chicote, "I have to do this," and getting him to say, "I'm on board." Mm-hmm. That was a moment for me. Was there a conspiracy theory? Heck no! I would never have put myself through this if I'd have known this episode was going to make me do this. So, ah. <laughs> That's interesting to me because the entire point of me picking this one was everybody feels so alone. We all do. It doesn't matter what anybody else sees. It didn't matter that every you could look at Bellana and be like, why is she so upset? And and if if you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. It's just like you have everything. That's not what's wrong. What you feel is wrong is you. Anything that pushes you out of that, anything that drives community, and it kind of has to be, not even kind of, it has to be your own decision of, you can't do that anymore, so you're going to put yourself out there. And then you find, there's stuff out here. Um, This was the first time Star Trek really got to me. I have been watching these stories, and they have been stories and to be honest these stories have been mostly about middle-aged white guys (laughs) if you want to know the demographic of a tv series look at the main character who has been the main character these entire 
years and years mm. of Star Trek, and that's okay. I don't mind watching somebody else's story. This was my story. Somebody told my story. I don't know this to be true. I'd really like to ask if Roxanne Dawson played this so well because she's not white. You don't have to fake that. The feeling of not belonging. You don't have to fake the shame that you've been soaked in. And they played it as Klingon through this series. There's something about the entire world telling one perspective. They've been telling white guy stories for so long that to see yourself reflected in something is powerful. And this is the moment I can say that Star Trek got to me. <laughs> um, it didn't need to be the female captain that I really wanted. I wanted this strong boss. She's in charge. She's got this. She is so confident. She's telling other people how it's going to be and um, handling all the consequences. But the truth is, it's this really fucked up engineer who can't stand herself and who doesn't fit. And she's stuck on this ship surrounded by the same people. She can't run away. <laughs> and she doesn't want to die. She just wants a place to be where she can be okay being angry. So She can be angry Klingon. She can be weak human woman. And she can find out that both of those are... And I, I'm, I know I'm mixing stories because I've, I've watched other things at this point. But this right here is when I get why people are fans of Star Trek. Why they could look at Roddenberry and be like, Thank you. I finally saw somebody on a screen on Star Trek that was speaking to me and it doesn't have to be I get I in doing this and picking this I looked at a lot of uh forums and stuff not like I normally do um and a lot of people don't like this episode they think it's too easy the the end they think it's too MacGyvery they think um it's just not their story that's okay I'm happy this story got told yeah this is this is Star Trek though this is you're you're representing something that's not shown a lot you're putting people of color way back in the 60s you finally you're finally showing me me <laughs> and and that's that's the power of this entire franchise i knew we were in for one me too we had record today because because this hit me really hard uh and it was a hard episode to go back and rewatch. and i understand why people don't care for it because it's hard to watch her go through that especially if you've been through it and if you haven't, it's really easy to be dismissive. Mm -hmm. Or or if you know somebody who is going through it, it, you might see some some things there and just you know, you can you can see the the exacerbation on on everybody when they're trying to figure out how do we get through to her Janeway with mm -hmm. now I know there's something wrong, but she still can't do anything about it. Right. You've got to be willing to want to recover from it. Everybody gets to find their own, and, and I'm really glad to have found this in Star Trek. I'm thrilled that you have found this, too. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to talk about was the banana pancakes and the contrast between the two. Okay. 
But the moments, the two moments. The two okay. moments. So so you've got the moment with Neelix and the one bite that she has to be reminded to take after ordering them, and then she walks out. Right. And, and, and when I mentioned punch drunk earlier, that was the moment where I saw her as totally punch drunk. There was... It was such... There was such... God, Roxanne Dawson is just amazing. Yes. Because what... What at first in my original watch looked like an actor who was just doing nothing. It was so layered and so clear the thought, you know, that there were things going on in there and the depression was happening. It was, it was, it was, it was heartbreaking for me. And then to see the contrast at the end, I, I liked the way that they told the story of she's coming out of it. I was okay with that there wasn't there didn't seem to be a catalyst. She just got tired of it. I just got tired of it. So I totally got it. Did you see something? Uh if we're going to kind of address the how she comes out of it, I would like to say uh sitting with someone, sharing with them, talking to them, being quiet with them is so much better than whatever the fuck Chakotay was thinking with his traumatic, you need to face this right now bullshit. I was uh, really upset about the way he handled that. Like, he's like holding her down, making her look at these dead friends that she created. You're, ta- you're talking about forcing her to look at her own program, yes. seeing her friends die right. at, at the hands of the Kardashians. And I understand that is something that people want to do. They want to just snap you out of it. Like they're going to have this magic and making, I'm going to make you face this. You're going to see this the way I see it. And it's messed up. And how can you treat yourself this way? Yeah. Maybe, maybe for some people. Uh, but I, I would not attribute any, I, I liked the line where she comes back and says, thanks. But if you ever do anything like that again, I'll break your neck. Because I feel yeah. like that was extremely fair. Um, so maybe it did something. I don't think so. And it's not because I want everybody to be gentle with everybody. It's because if you were to do that to somebody, if you think that that's the right way to go, you could seriously push somebody right over the edge. There are too many moments when somebody, you're like, oh, I'm just going to snap them out of this. And they respond with, ever more apathy and they just feel more attacked and more alone. You don't get them. Don't do that. <laughs> That's so I, that, that was my way when it comes to the resolution. However, I did really like, I mean, that was a beautiful contrast with the banana pancakes. I think I don't. And I also liked that they didn't result. They saw you see her make the decision to go on this. She's necessary. Yes. She's needed. She has skills. It's a, and it's a she moment. proves out that her being there saves right. everyone. So that moment of heroism is a moment of value that she can put on herself. It, and then it becomes a thing in your brain. If I have value, that fights with the shame and the, uh, the self-worth, obviously. So that was, that was a great... I actually really love the way they handled that ending, starting there. She makes that decision. Uh, she has that moment. She's valuable. Followed by... This isn't the end, but then she can sit in front of the pancakes and actually have that moment of peace. It's it's a transition in the brain 
of all of the patterns that are built up of her harming herself, getting broken and creating a new one where she can sit with herself and be okay. And that I really liked. So much of this is tied, it's, it's very personal and it's tied to who you are and how far you'll go. You know, Bellana in this episode, one of the things I, th I thought that really, really spoke to me is this isn't her feeling suicidal. And I'll disagree with her, she's not feeling numb either. Uh, and she says the line, I'm not trying to kill myself. I'm trying to see if I'm still alive. Yeah. She could have easily killed herself. And my advice might be um, wrong to some people, but I've been through this. <laughs> and I, I want to tell anybody who's going through this or who has gone through this because it never ends. You don't stop fighting feeling like everything is wrong with you. It doesn't stop. You don't ever stop feeling like you should hurt yourself. But it, if you can help yourself enough, if you can protect yourself from yourself, you can at least grow into something more healthy. I'm almost feeling guilty about having to do this. Mm. But can we talk about the Delta Flyer a little bit, please? <laughs> Why? So they built a shuttle, and then it broke. We know that this one isn't necessarily about suicide, but if you are feeling in any way like you need help, there is help. And of course, you should seek that out. So the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-8255. And we just wanted to put that out there because, again, if it helps even one person, it's worth it. Did you want to add anything to that? It's a hard subject to talk about. I'm sitting here right now having a hard time even figuring out what I want to say about it and I've gone through it and I know people that have gone through it. Right. There's help and there's relief and it can get better even when you don't think it can. I, a big part of what this episode was for me was just reminding me that you can take an action, you can reach out for help. Um, it takes you saying, I don't want to feel this way anymore and I want to try something different. Listen, folks, whatever it takes, reach out to reach out to the Star Trek community. I promise you there's tons of Star Trek there fans out there that, that you 24-7 Star Trek conversations with people. Find ways to be connected. Find ways to be connected. Anyway, that's all we had to say on that one in this little interstitial. Well, since this is my talking trek where I get to be the captain, and since clearly Belana Torres hit me, right in the feels. Yes. I went out and said, I need to know everything there possibly is to know about this character. I found a guide online, which I'm going to be detailing some of the things that I watched because I got deep into her story. Uh, if you also like Torres and you don't mind spoilers, because I ran into some of those listening to this podcast, uh, Women at Warp have a pretty cool episode they've done completely on her. It's obviously a very female view of Belana Torres, so they don't talk much about her engineering skills, but... It's a cool, I, I, it, was a, it was a good listen. So what I wanted to do was, and this is not very engaging because it's just me talking. I'm sure you've seen all of these, but I wanted to take through episode, uh, several episodes that feature very heavily 
Bilana and her arc. Okay. Because it's like they made her really good on purpose by, like, writing an interesting character. It's amazing. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. Hard to believe, right, they, that they would do that right. to a woman. I mean, it's she's not a lamp. Crazy. Uh, and, and and here's one of the shames hmm. is that she may be the third most interesting female right now on this show because we've also got Janeway in Seven of Nine and she's awesome. Yeah. So wow, they have they have built some. They have built some great characters. Like just I and I amazing. agree with that too. I agree with that too. Uh, her arc starts out in Caretaker, which we've watched and seen. If you if you want to go back and listen to our podcast about it, that's the intro to Voyager. She's very Maquis. Uh, she's not going to fit in. And she is the only one who calls Janeway's decision out and is like, hey, who are you? Of course, she gets shut down. And at the time, I was like, yeah, they slapped her down. That was probably, or I don't remember saying that, but I probably did. That established, it establishes Janeway as a captain. But going back now and looking at it, I'm like, yeah, yeah somebody could have listened to Bilana. Like, Well, they, they, they do listen to her. She ends up becoming the chief engineer in the next episode, right? That's the next one, Parallax, uh, season one, episode two. She gets put in for chief engineer and we find out. After she punches the chief engineer in the uh-huh, face. <laughs> it's just the way it's going to be. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And that one actually really, I mean, aside from being kind of a cool story, there's a great interaction between Captain Janeway and Bellana that is fun to watch. Mm. This next one probably hit me harder, and I know <laughs> nobody's going to believe this because I was crying on extreme risk, but season one, episode 13, is an episode called Faces. Oh my god. This is the episode, if I remember, where she is basically split into two pieces. Yes. She becomes the human Balana and the Klingon Balana. Yes. Yeah. It is amazing. And it just shows her struggling with herself and a weak human woman versus insanely strong Klingon who's got no time for, you know, strategy or thoughtfulness. Yeah. Um, and how she needs both she literally cannot live without the other. And if you've ever hated yourself, this this one, I think, sets up so much. You got to watch Faces. You got to watch Faces in Extreme Risk, kind of, to see it. So that one's very suggested. Faces is, in a way, a retelling of an original series episode called The Enemy Within. Still haven't watched that one. <laughs> where Captain Kirk gets split in two. And basically, there's like a evil but incredibly strong versus altruistic yet indecisive and weaker Kirk and they recognize the strengths and weaknesses in each are required even though each can't stand what they see in the other mm-hmm. so yeah very similar very. kind of story yeah love love faces I remember I did not watch faces as part of my recommendations although I remembered it mm-hmm. but but yeah I did I remember that one very very distinctly excellent episode uh season two episode 13 prototype I liked this one for sci-fi reasons if you want to good delve into the prime directive and Bilana like both messing up and being incredible and doing the impossible, that was a that was a great one. That was that's the artificial beings. If you can give somebody the right to or not the right to, but the way to have babies, that kind of thing. Really, really fascinating. Uh, and then season two, episode seventeen, Dreadnought. Dreadnought. We've that already one, talked about I, that one. Gotta watch that one. one. That's my favorite Bellana Torres episode. I just think that And with good reason. It's a great episode. The verbal jujitsu that she has with her own voice, with the with the the weapon, with her own voice is just chilling. Again with her fighting with herself. Yeah. This is it's oh, it's amazing. They've 
Constantly, it's, right? Yes. They find so many ways for Bolana Torres to beat up Bolana Torres. Yes. This next one, really interesting. And I had to watch it because Women at Warp talked about it. Season three, episode 16 is Blood Fever. Blood Fever. Which one is Blood Fever? This is the one that uh, Vulcan Ensign Vorik oh. passes Ponfar yep, yep, onto yep. Belana. They deal with sexuality in a very interesting way, in probably the only way it could possibly be dealt with in the end. I was surprised. It- so, so you watched a, a mock time mm-hmm. from the original series. So you've seen Spock go through his mating ritual right. and have to fight fight Kirk. Right. And in this one, what was his name? Vorek? Yes. The, yeah. The, and he pops the, up in other episodes too. Uh, he does. He's he's always around. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 on the ship um and there's a couple of stories later about him actually but um yeah he gets ponfar and then somehow passes it on because they had a moment of contact when she's like get away from me right right now so so she gets going it is not wanted and it turns into uh, just a, a a very surprising episode go watch that one no that one's it's really great uh Day of Honor, Season 4, Episode 3. Which I recommended to you. Um, yes. Um, and, yeah, I, there's more coming up, but I didn't want to watch them until I've seen it kind of in order. I, I want to be surprised by her arc going forward. But up till now, those are the ones that I, I really thought were part of this guide, and and I watched. So I am full up on Bailana's stories, uh, and I have loved I have loved it. I... I I found my captain, and she's not even a captain. How about that? That's what this is. Wow. And, like, that's just the way it is. <laughs> wow, that, that is so cool. Thank you for... So I don't even have to do recommendations. Oh, I mean, no, I don't think... Those are those are extra, extra. So I still oh, think you should do okay. your recommendations. However, I think it's it shouldn't be shocking that when you handed over the reins of captainship... You found your captain. I found my captain. <laughs> I want to know how it was for you to actually pick out an episode and go through that and do research from that side. And I want to talk a little bit about tweeting for my first time. Okay. Tell me about being captain. My captainship was pretty straightforward because I didn't have to think, like, I have no idea what happens to Belana in the future. Um, some of the mm. stuff's been ruined, a little bit, uh, but I, I'm still wanting to see where it goes. Uh, so I didn't have nearly as much, like I'm not putting together an entire program like you were. And uh, I was very, very selfish about it because I wanted to talk about this one because it's, this is mine. This is my episode. This is the one I get to claim. It's me. So it wasn't difficult to pick. Um, it was a little hard to watch some more times because I didn't stop seeing things. And the stuff we talked about in that long hour, which I'm sure will have to be cut down just because we can't. Uh, I I could still talk so much more, which is precisely why I would say, like, if if you want to talk about this subject, I am so full. One of, one of the things I think maybe you'll start to realize is how many of the episodes that I did select were because they meant something personally to me. Yeah, to you. So, so I got mm-hmm. to experience that many times over throughout this track for various reasons. This one really, you know, it tickles my funny bone in a way that no other one has. This one gives me pride in what Star Trek's about. This one punches me in the gut. Right. Star Trek is personal. When you said... Yeah, you, it you is. used to say, huh. you used to ask, what is it about this show? What is it? Before the track, before, you know, when you were still saying, are you ever going to share it with me? 
Mm-hmm. Yes, I think one day I may share with you Star Trek. Do you think I'll get it? I hope you get it. What is it's, it with this show? It's a pretty sophisticated show with lots of like human concepts and stuff. So if you don't like like that stuff, you might not like this. So that was my captainship. <laughs> that was your captainship. So my my being the crew this week, I had to do the tweet. So mm-hmm. first of all, when you put a phone in my hand while Star Trek is on and expect me to like pay attention to Star Trek the whole time. Concentrating is difficult. Yes. Especially since a lot of these shows I know pretty much by heart and I can kind of leave them in the background mm-hmm. and still manage to, you know, browse my whatever. So that was... that Focus, man. <laughs> I, I only drifted away one time where I actually said, hold on, I missed a couple of minutes and I actually had to back it up. So I was really proud of myself for not like opening other apps. The funny thing is, is when I've done, I've gone like 10 minutes at a time without saying anything because I get involved and I'm watching yeah. Star Trek, <laughs> which I think that our followers 100% understand. <laughs> and, and, and then the second thing that I did as I was doing this was I would type it and then what like I'd be in the middle of my thought typing and then I so you try to watch you try to type you try to watch you try to type and suddenly something happens on the screen and you sort of forget your thought for just a moment and then you look down two minutes later and you haven't hit send yet now my timing's off you know so I think all of this is to say you're clearly not a millennial that's what you're trying to say I have such social media anxiety I understand that actually a lot so yeah because I just I just don't I don't post a lot uh, which is you know to the detriment of being a podcaster it would be better if we engaged yeah. a little bit more um, so here's my promise and I'm doing this and I've, I, I I enjoyed the process enough I want to play with social media and I'm a visual guy so I have this Instagram account it has eight pictures on it right now <laughs> okay and they've been there for about two years, three years, maybe six, seven years. I don't even know since for a long time. I I just don't use it. So do you want to give everybody your Instagram handle? I do. Guys, we're getting a little bit of self-promo here. I actually don't even know it. So I am going Ah, to... Andy, how are you expecting people to find you? Well, I didn't expect that I was going to be pimping myself like right here. (laughs) I assume that's why you brought it up. That's funny because I would assume that's why I brought it up too. I like that just the one run through of live tweets and you're suddenly like i'm gonna start posting everywhere you can see why it gets embedded in like you start at the age of eight and suddenly you have no fear of what anybody sees ever my instagram if this is correct my instagram name is andy underscore goldberg is it that simple yeah it's that simple it's that simple andy underscore goldberg so if you want to follow me on instagram I, I, I have 12 posts. Now you have the responsibility of anybody who you get a pick with, you have to tag them. I guess I do, don't I? Yeah. I, well, I'm going to be walking around with this thing all weekend. I will be... Are you going to buy a selfie stick? I... <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to give my recommendations? Should I give my, my, I have like two recommendations that I was just going to throw out. All right. They have almost nothing to do with this episode. I just at some point wanted to talk about the celebrities that have appeared in shows on Star Trek. And you mentioned one already, Sarah Silverman and Future's End. Oh yeah. So. That was great. Recommending that. Also, um, Jason Alexander, who played George Costanza on Seinfeld. He is great. And he is great in an episode called Think Tank. 
20th episode of the fifth season, uh, Think Tank, and he plays a uh, the leader of a think tank that has uh, unique solutions for sale, including solutions for the Voyager. Uh, I am in love with this already. The price might be too high. Uh, that's one. And then the other celebrity that I wanted to mention was Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Also somebody I love very much. He is amazing. Very, very relevant today. He's got a new film that's coming out, like, or maybe it's out. I hope I can pronounce this right. It's Tsunkatsi is the name of the episode. T-S-U-N-K-A-T-S-E. It is the 15th episode of the sixth season. And in this episode, Dwayne The Rock Johnson will be featured in a celebrity death match with Seven of Nine. Oh, that's great. Ah, those are some good, good recommendations. I'm going to, if you're only going to do two and we usually give three, then I am going to throw in, because mine weren't recommendations. They were just the arc. Yeah. If you did, if you wanted to watch just Bailana's arc, which I did, that's what I did. I'm going to put season one, episode 13 on their faces. It hit me just like this one did. There you go. Those are our recommendations. So what's happening next week? I'm guessing it's not going to be quite as emotional as the journey I put you on. Definitely not. So let's talk about the next few weeks here. Okay. Um, because uh, this is, like like we've already stated, this episode is happening, this episode comes out the week of the convention. Yes. Next week, we will be finishing our Voyager Trek. So we're going to continue on and finish our Voyager Trek with our final episode of Voyager, which I'll tell you what that is in a minute. And then the week after that, we're going to have a supplemental, another bonus episode in which we hope to have some great footage, some great coverage of the convention itself. So we're going to talk about the convention. We're going to do a preview of Enterprise. We're going to talk about any thoughts that you've had during your Voyager and Deep Space Nine components to clear it all up. We'll do all that as a bonus. Extra, yeah. Yes, and then we will dive right into Enterprise with the very first episode of that series, the Not Pilot pilot called called Broken Bow. So we're going to get to that throughout August. So that's what it's going to look like. But next week, but next week, we will conclude your Voyager Trek with the epic, epic epic that I could find. So we're going to get epic All right. Today. The most epic Yes. This is an episode that features Janeway, mm-hmm. of course, but really it's an ensemble piece. There's a lot of, uh, we, we hear a lot from Seven, we hear a lot from Paris, we hear a lot from The Doctor, cool. we hear a lot from Bellana Torres. So a lot of folks get involved in this episode. It is the last episode of the fifth season, the 26th and final episode of the fifth season, leading into the first episode of the sixth season. So it's a two-parter again, because okay. Voyager. Because Voyager. Because Voyager. Sure. And the name of the episode is Equinox, parts one and two. Okay. Equinox, parts one and two. Now, I'm going to give you... I mean, I don't have to spell it. You don't have to say it twice. Like, <laughs> I, I, You know what I discovered? I say it twice. Hmm. Every time. Mm-hmm. I say it twice every time. I feel like I'm getting ready to be like Equinox. E-Q-U-I-N-O-X. Equinox. That is correct. I really hope I... <laughs> <laughs> that would really suck. 
suck. That would take me all the way back to like third grade if I got it wrong. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, God. Spelling is like, spell check is the third best invention in the universe. Spell check is worthless in today's society. Unless... If you don't know how to spell it, just put an emoji. What? Okay. Ooh, ooh. Here's so. a Like, uh, give me a hint. What emoji would be best with this epic of Voyager? Mm. I am going to give you one hint before you give your... Emoji hint? Your... Oh, 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 an emoji. You're going to have me do an emoji thing? I don't know. You're going millennial. You got to um, go with your instincts. So, okay. So, um, happy face, sad face, vomit. Nope. It, it's not going to be one of those. It's not going to be one of those. It's going to be one of those, one of those things where you've got two people that are side by side. Oh God, guys, he's describing emoji. Holding hands. Okay. But turning their faces away from each other in disgust. Okay. That's the emoji. All right. I think I know. Um, I'm going to give you one more hint because, and I was going to give this hint before you did the emoji. That may have been too big a hint. Actually, I'll give you two hints. The first is Equinox is actually the name of a Federation starship. Okay. So I'm giving you that. The second hint is, that I will tell you is, it's not really a hint. This is more of a warning. Okay. So warning, Jessica. This episode involves singing. Fun singing or like Irish ditty singing? Like opera, wharf opera singer singing? Relevant to the story singing. It is not singing about a hat. I can't, no, you're telling me I can't skip over it singing. Ah. Nope. You cannot skip over it because it's relevant to the story. We are not singing about a hat. We are singing. It's important singing, <clears throat> even when it doesn't seem like it. Okay. Well, I already had an idea because the word equinox while I was spelling it out for y'all, literally, <laughs> um, is like opposites in my head. Okay. Because of the equinox, obviously. So now that you've added the Federation starship and the emoji of people turning away from each other in disgust, what I'm going to say is this is the episode where they finally run into somebody from home and it turns out this ship is evil, like anti-Janeway. Everything that the Equinox has done has been everything that Janeway wouldn't do. So they're like, yay, other humans from Earth. And then it's like, ugh, other humans from Earth. In much the way we humans behave, you know. There are a lot of Star Trek fans out there saying, how did you give her that emoji right now? Just so you know. All right, well, we'll see how close you are <laughs> on that guess uh, for Equinox. When will you be watching <laughs> Equinox? I'm going to wait to watch it until the convention is over. So if you guys want to follow along, that's actually going to be Monday, August 6th. It will not be on the Sunday. Everybody's going to be tired out from Trek anyway. Well, all the people who are there. And, you know, if you weren't there, uh, I'm sad I didn't get to meet you. <laughs> so hit me up Monday and ask me how it was because I'm sure going to have opinions, guaranteed. <laughs> Okay, so just for this week. Just for this week, Monday, and then we'll go back to doing it. Monday, the 6th of August, 7 p.m. Mountain Time, 6 p.m. on the West Coast and in Las Vegas, and 9 p.m. Eastern. At Begin the Trek. At Begin the Trek, uh, hashtag. That would be a good one, yeah. Equinox, I guess. <laughs> yeah. We have a Facebook page, so uh, you can join us at, at Beginning the Trek, and uh, you can join me on my instagram page at andy underscore goldberg way to pimp yourself out for those of you that stuck with us through this episode i know this was a it may have been a bit of a difficult episode to, to listen to thank you and um a lot of what we're up to is to make a, a huge difference in the world by 
introducing Star Trek to people, and it's precisely for these reasons because it resonates because it gives you it gives you a sense of belonging. I am yes to all of that. Uh, I am going to throw in if even one person hears this, I I know I it's emotional and everything in this story may not be for you, but for the one person that this is for. I want you to be okay, <laughs> and you will be, and uh, just, I don't even want to say any of this. We got it. We got it. We all got it. All right, let's 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 call it an episode. Love you, Jessica. We'll see you next week. Bye. I'll see you at the convention. Yos. We've already, already run into each other by the time this comes out. Absolutely. Dynametric tail fins. I mean, for God's sakes, we're building a hot rod. I thought it was very cool. But my favorite part, I just have to mention this mm-hmm. last little bit because it's it, like the all-important control for the Delta Flyer is an Activision joystick. <laughs> and I cannot tell you how happy that made me. It's wonderfully mechanical. With the red ball on top, not just a switches and toggles, an Activision joystick sitting right there on Paris's right. Yay, Star Trek. (laughs) Star Trek agrees.